Christy Dondero Betway, Executive Director for Rock Recovery. So what inspired you to get in the mental health field? Personal experience, I think that's a case for a lot of us here. Having lived experience is often what draws us to the field. And I recovered from an eating disorder back in my early 20s, had parents that were able to pay for my treatment, and along the way I met a lot of people who didn't have that privilege and that luxury. And so I had done some research and wanted to see what people did who didn't have insurance or couldn't afford the costly therapy services. And I found Rock Recovery a couple months after our amazing founder, Carolyn Larser, Larson, started the organization. Yeah, how did that all work out, getting involved with Rock Recovery? It happened fast and kind of dramatically, but I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time, and like I said, I had kind of done a Google search looking for affordable mental health treatment options. I had ran into a woman that I met at a support group that I did in Charlotte a couple of years earlier, and you know, I had basically almost fully recovered. I was doing a lot better, and she was really right where she was, where I'd met her a few years earlier, and it really struck me and scared me to think, wow, like, I've been doing all this work, I had all the support, I made all this progress, and this woman has just been stuck because she couldn't access therapy and couldn't access help. So that's what inspired me originally to find the organization and to look for resources. So emailed Carrie Larson, the founder, and I was coming up here for a wedding for my cousin and was like, do you want to meet with me and tell me about the organization? So we met at the Panera and Boston Mall, which before it was all torn down and totally changed. And I just fell in love with her and the vision pretty much immediately and was just like, well, how can I help? So I started volunteering from afar when I was living in North Carolina and then decided I wanted to move to DC to do more. So applied for three jobs, got three job offers that felt like a sign. And then I moved up here, took a full-time job as a consultant and then volunteered way too many hours every week with Rock for a number of years and then fundraised my own salary and decided to come on staff full-time in 2013. Oh, wow. Can you tell me about uh, Rock Recovery? Yeah, so Rock Recovery, I always like to say, you know, I didn't birth Rock Recovery, I adopted it. And so now, you know, we like co-parent it. So I feel like I can, I mean, you can be a proud parent no matter how you have a child. But I feel really proud of our organization and the work that we do and can take very little credit for its foundation. But it's a very, very unique organization. So we're one of very few nonprofits across the nation that actually provides direct therapy services and treatment for people with eating disorders and body image issues. So our whole mission is making the care and the treatment that people need and deserve accessible no matter of background or ability to pay. And so we offer outpatient sliding scale therapy services, including individual and group therapy services that help people break isolation, get peer support, and get connected to really brilliant and wonderful clinicians. And then we have support groups, educational workshops, and other community resources that are available nationwide, virtually or in person, that help people just understand more about mental health, decrease stigma around disordered eating and body image issues. And then also we offer some faith integration programs if people want to bring spirituality into their process. We uniquely offer that as well. With the group and peer, how important is it with someone going through recovery to have someone who had uh, lived experiences? I think it's helpful because for a lot of people when they're going through recovery, it's helpful to meet someone else who has been there and kind of gone on the journey and everyone's story is individual and unique and different. So no two people's story looks the same and journey looks the same. And I know when I get to share my story of being recovered and, and kind of going through this work, it's encouraging, it's infuriating to people sometimes when they're still struggling because it's frustrating to start the recovery process, right? And it can be really overwhelming. And I think, you know, I'm kind of that unicorn that can say, like, 
I'm free. I've been through it. I've done it. Again, a lot of privilege did get me here, but that's why we're always working hard to, to bridge those gaps that like keep people from getting well. But I think seeing people who have been through it is really, really helpful because it's easy to lose hope and easy to believe, oh, I'm the only one or what's wrong with me or this will never get better. And so seeing people who have lived experience as unique and diverse as it might be is helpful to know that recovery is possible, even if it looks different for each person. What are some of the things you've learned from people that you've helped? Oh, I've learned a lot from the amazing clients we've served at Rock. I mean, again, that everyone's story is different and unique. I think I have been really encouraged to see how people can get better and make progress in their journey. I've also been really infuriated to see how stuck people have been because the system's against them. Um, with all the different things I think in our society we experience a lot of fat phobia, racism, lack of mental health resources attached to both of those things often and so there's just so many things that I realize are keeping people from the help that they need and so I think I've just learned how hard it can be for people to get that help they deserve and the things they need because the system can be really broken and against somebody um, and I've also I think learned that people get to define recovery for themselves it's not a one-size-fits-all and I don't have to dictate it for somebody and I think there's a lot of freedom and hope in that where people can determine what works best for them and kind of figure out what recovery and support looks like for them we talk a lot in our groups about we call it the gift of I get it like when you're in a group and someone across the room says something that you've thought and struggled with and thought surely I'm the only one in the whole wide world that ever had this horrible thought or this struggle or this thing and then someone says it and you're just like oh and it it is just a gift so I think we've also learned while we're all different there is a lot of commonality no matter if someone's struggling with anorexia binge eating bulimia or kind of anything in between there is still a lot of commonality even though there's a lot of unique differences too how does the organization help your own healing process yes i think working here has definitely <clears throat> helped keep me honest <laughs> working here has definitely helped keep me in my own recovery journey as well and one of rock's core value values is acceptance and authenticity and i think for me well one i get to hang out with therapists like all day long which i truly recommend to anybody <laughs> um, whether you pay them or not right like i i have friends that are therapists colleagues that are therapists and a, and a true paid therapist that i pay for my own individual work but I think working here has just helped me really keep going on what that journey looks like. You know, our mission at Rock is to support the journey to freedom from disordered eating. And I like it because it's not like this end place, this end finality, like period, like I'm done, let's move on and keep this in my past. And it doesn't make the struggle our identity either. It doesn't make it the thing we always focus on because I think that can keep us stuck too. But we're allowed to evolve and change. You know, I had a baby two years ago, and that certainly was a new layer of recovery for me and a new journey for me as well. So I think working here just keeps me keeps me honest. And it keeps me hopeful, and it keeps me noticing, oh, there's always more layers of healing to happen, no matter what that might look like. And again, hanging out with therapists all the time is pretty great. So. Yeah, what do you do to help your own mental health? Um, so I do have my own individual therapist, so I do a lot of things to help my own, my own mental health. I have my own individual therapist that I work with really regularly. I read a lot of books. If you look at my bookshelf, you might not think I'm very fun because there's a lot of pretty serious topics. I don't like fiction. So it's a lot of like eating disorders, body image, mental health, 
faith theology, like uh, my bookshelf was pretty intense. Um, but I think just staying to be constantly being curious and learning is really helpful. Staying in that accountability with a therapeutic relationship and then living in deep community. I have amazing friends and family that can call me out if they see things that they're worried about with me or they want to support me in certain ways. So I think just staying in that community and staying out of isolation is one of the best things I do for my ongoing mental health. I also really do love physical activity in some ways, you know, that can look different for people in the recovery world, but walking, being outside, trying to be embodied can be a really helpful thing for my own mental health as well. Uh, you talk a lot about what you're doing to help the stigma, uh, but have you seen the stigma lessen since you started? Yes, I think we have definitely seen mental health stigma decrease and that was one of the very few redeeming things about the pandemic was literally overnight in March 2020, our inquiries and our calls for help went up 420%. Like we, <laughs> it's a very stressful time. It was bad for my mental health, I will say. It was a very stressful time because we were just trying to get through calls, trying to respond to people, trying to connect them to resources because it was a vulnerable time for all of us, right? And especially for the people that we serve. And so as we were doing that work, the the need increased and the awareness increased. But I will say, I think some of the stigma decreased as well because suddenly we all had nowhere to hide. And I think that was one of the mercies of COVID was a lot of people who were doing okay suddenly got worse and we couldn't hide anymore, right? Like it was sort of hard to just be like, okay, we're fine, we're fine, we're okay, we're okay. So I think sometimes getting worse made it easier to then get better. And that also made it easier to have the conversations and to admit like we were all struggling. We were all going through a collective trauma. There was, and there's still so much we're unpacking, right? So I think having that experience and having people have the conversation, the increased need, and just that vulnerability of like, hey, yeah, I'm struggling too, this is hard, really, really helped our cause. And hopefully people kind of get connected to the care that they need and no longer feel ashamed. I, I think in a lot of ways, we've changed the conversation to like from oh you have a therapist to like oh who's your therapist like I think there has been a lot of that I've seen too in my own personal life where things feel a little bit more normalized that we need support and there's nothing wrong with us for needing support it's good that we're reaching out for support so I, I do think that has helped with some of the stigma but there's still a long way to go unfortunately even though we've made a lot of progress and with that have you seen people's uh, confidence rise when they're going through getting the help they need? Yeah, I, I always say when we see our clients kind of go through our, pro our process together, so we run clinical programs and support programs, and I always say I have no fancy letters behind my name, but I do help with some of our support groups, not the clinical stuff, and from a lot of our programs are six weeks long, so of course it takes much longer than six weeks to seek treatment and to make progress in recovery, and from week one to week six in some of these groups that I get to run, it is amazing to see the progress that people can make in even such a short period of time. And I think just because sometimes breaking that isolation alone is enough to bring hope and bring life back for somebody. And so I can think of countless clients that I've gotten to help and serve on those programs where on week one, you know, they're kind of like this and being really quiet. And by week six, they're like, okay, like I'm ready to do the work. Like I have some hope. I'm not sure recovery is possible for me but I want to try and you just you get to see people come back to life I mean we have so many stories of clients that when we've met them we just were like wow that they are in a hard hard place and they don't feel like they know who they are or what their value is and by the time they graduate and leave I mean 
they just feel alive again. And a lot of our clients go on to change careers, to have families, to just really get to go live a full life that isn't so small and controlled anymore. And that's just been such a beautiful thing to get to see. What would you say to anyone going through a tough time? Yeah, I think for anyone going through a tough time, I would definitely say just do the next right thing. Just don't, I think so often we can get so stuck on what are all the things I need to do? What are these 12 things I need to do? What is the perfect way of taking this next step? And it's just, just do the next right thing. Just take that next baby step. Reach out for help. Tell somebody. Breaking isolation, again, really is, I think, the best thing we can do because it makes us feel less alone and it helps people support us who love us and who want to support us. And, you know, this is literally my job. And even I sometimes feel awkward or weird when someone in my life is struggling and I want to have the conversation and I don't quite know what to say. And I kind of remind myself, you know, like person first approach, say, I care about you, say, I'm worried about you. Don't let them get combative. Try to, you know, shift the conversation to being about care and concern and how can I help? What can I do? And it's still hard, but I think, you know, no matter where you are, it's never too late to take the next step either. We've had clients, you know, we now serve teens. We've had clients who are freshmen in high school and we've had clients who are in their seventies and no matter what part of the journey or the process, like it really is never too late to take that next step and to kind of continue that journey. Where do you want to see the organization in the next three to five years? I love these questions. So I think in the next three to five years, sometimes I have two ambitious dreams. Sometimes I'm annoyed at how slow our growth has been, to be totally honest. I've been on staff for almost 11 years. And by now I was like, we'll be nationwide. We'll be, you know, multi-million dollar budget. And we're not there yet. Um, we've got some great supporters who help us grow, but we are not quite there yet. But I think where I want to see us is I'd love for us to be able to provide virtual care nationwide to anyone who needs it for the therapy services. And there are some cool things kind of in the works that might help us be able to expand. And I just want us to be able to be in person too. One thing that was great about COVID was it taught us we can do virtual care and we need to also be in person when it's available to us. And I think for people, that's what they want is to be together in person. So I would love for us to start to expand both here in the DC metro area and then again, start to expand and pilot more nationwide to be in communities on the ground, kind of that first line of defense for people who are struggling. How can people reach out and learn more? Yes, so people can find us on our website, which is rockrecoveryed.org, and then on social media, we're Rock Recovery on Instagram and X, which is still a thing, I guess, and then on uh, Facebook, we're Rock Recovery ED. So find us on social media, come to our website, reach out to us. You can schedule a free consult for therapy services online, send a little note on our website, whatever it might be, but we would love to be in touch with anyone who we can help or who would want to help us help others who need us.